1: hello hello and welcome to not so good ideas podcast i'm Bree here with eleni
2: hi and welcome to another episode where we talk about interior design and try to entertain you guys at the same time what's new with you nothing is new well my parents came to visit this weekend with my little brother philip um Aww. and initially we were just supposed to kind of just hang out and stuff but They ended up bringing some paint and we repainted um, my risers on my stairs and the kitchen and bathrooms because the people who sold us the house painted everything in like primer and flat paint. So all those areas were like scuffing and getting really like the, the kitchen wall was getting oil splattered on it and it wouldn't come out because it's flat paint so it's gonna like suck it all up (laughs) yeah oh no and so that was my good idea is i finally got all those areas of concern addressed with the help of my family which i was very happy for
1: oh my gosh that's so nice yeah they're
2: the best i love them (laughs) i love them too They're awesome. And my dad is so cute because Sundays are his only days to rest. Like the only days he has off. And I felt so bad because I was like, oh man, like I have him over here working. He was like, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else but this right now. And he was like so happy. and I was like, you're so nice you're the best dad ever and then he got Dylan a power washer like he was just like here go get a power washer like here's my card like go power wash and Dylan was like jumping around like a little kid he was like a power washer this is the best day ever and I'm like wow we are old I'm like my walls are painted floors are power washed (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh that sounds
1: awesome though
2: it was pretty nice it was a good weekend i was happy to have my fam fam here but yeah
1: oh <laughs> nice yeah that gives me like family vibes I be yeah.
2: hanging with the fam it makes me so sentimental even though they're not that far away i feel like <laughs> For me, it's like an hour and a half i'm always like don't leave
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, Eric. Every time we hang out with people, that's how Eric is. Like at the end, he's always like, oh, <laughs> like, it feels especially when well, we both feel that way when it's at our house and like someone leaves your house. It feels mm-hmm. so empty. It is. It's really
2: sad. Like I hate when company leaves. You're just like, no. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> but it's good. I feel like I cherish, cherish it more when, you know, they don't live too close by if they were down the street i don't think i'd be (laughs) saying the same sentiments but (laughs) yeah are they how far is it again it's about two hours away two hours we used to be like an hour and a half but we moved a little bit further so now it's about two hours that's
1: funny how your family is like two hours mine's like an hour and a
2: half away and they're Mm -hmm. in denver this is so weird it's crazy like i always think i'm like oh brie lives close to her family like i think they're like right down the door from you but then i think about them like no they don't they're the same distance away that my family
1: is. yeah we just go there like every weekend it's crazy well not lately but we did
2: yeah i feel like it's i don't know it's worth it free food sometimes <laughs> Yeah. And just (laughs) good.
1: Yeah. When you get home and you just like relax, you're just like, ah,
2: yeah. It's (laughs) hard to relax in your own (laughs) home. I don't know what it
1: is. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It really is. And I'm trying, um, kind of like a segue into my not so good idea. Mm -hmm. Every time I start watching TV, I get like sucked in. And that's my not so good idea. Like, I cannot, I need to stay away from the TV.
2: (laughs) What are you watching right now?
1: Well, you're gonna laugh. I've never seen um, Gossip Girl before. Oh, you're so lucky. I wish I could rewatch that
2: with fresh eyes.
1: (laughs) Well, now I'm watching it because I just like wanted to i don't know i've never watched it and i wanted something to binge like on a sunday and then now i'm like every day wanting to keep binging it and like keep finish it and it's so i'm like glued to
2: the tv and i hate that <laughs> it's so good though i I don't know i don't blame you gossip real is a good one to be glued to it's so silly it is silly but it's good we just i just binge watched an entire season in two days of a show and i was like yikes it's called severance it's on apple tv it is crazy if you like like satire like kind of like dark satire it's definitely a great show but it did like the first night i watched it i watched like five episodes and I was so anxious, like I couldn't, go. it's not scary, like, you know, like Handmaid, well, kind of, not, but not the, the story of Handmaid's Tale, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like that work life balance satire, mm-hmm. which is what made it scary. You'll just have to watch it. I don't want to give anything away, but it's really good. Ooh, sounds crazy. It is spooky. <laughs> I like spooky shows. I did too it kept me on my toes but I think it's renewed for a new season because I think I watched the last episode I don't know if that was the last episode but I screamed at the tv I was like what
1: (laughs) oh my gosh I well I don't have the only two networks we don't have are Apple Mm. and Amazon well I'll give you both
2: (laughs) Oh, that's so nice <laughs> so if you got any i think dylan and Aaron shared like crunchy roll for a long time so we'll give you our apple just don't buy anything on amazon because i had an incident where i kept my amazon on someone's tv i'm not gonna say whose tv but they kept buying things thinking that it was like their parents account and i like, I kept getting charges for like these random movies and like whole series of shows. And I was like, what in the world? And I thought it was like, maybe my little brother. So I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) I did some digging and I called Amazon. I found out who it was and it was actually hilarious and plus this person was watching the twilight zone like they had bought the whole season of the twilight zone what in the world and i called them i was like are you watching the twilight zone right now and they freaked out and they're like how do you know <laughs> I was like, because you had my account <laughs>
1: oh my god okay i won't do that
2: don't buy anything if you do just let me know i never like i hate buying movies and stuff but yeah i'll give them to you if you just don't buy anything
1: okay well tell me what you need. if you want one i've got it i've got like every network possible okay
2: cool (laughs) disney a lot of people like disney but i don't i never watch it it. i I have have it. it Or Dylan has it because he loves like Star Wars or whatever, and they have all the mag, whatever it's called. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say the Megalodon,
1: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say magma. Like, <laughs> I don't know.
2: <sighs> oh, okay, well, shows how much we know about stuff. Yeah, um, anyways, my not so good ideas. I decided to work out from home today dylan went to the gym but i wanted to get like a quick workout in before we potted Mm -hmm. and i never do it at home because of the dogs like you know those people that are like oh my god have you ever been to goat yoga where the goats jump on your back i'm (laughs) like why would i pay to do that when my dogs do that at home um so anyway blue is the one that like jumps on you while you're doing it coco Will lay next to you. Mm. Well, anyways, today he was like laying by me, which is fine, except when you're like trying to do like weird things, we have to like stretch your arms out and you're like pushing yeah. them away. Well, I was like doing a downward dog stretch, and Coco's butt was like facing my face and he ripped one. Oh and I God. mean, he ripped one right in my face. And I was gagging, but then I was so mad. I was like, like how i would great. have been mad mad at the lady because i do the little melissa wood health app thing uh-huh. that i follow like i was cursing her name because it's so hard and then coco did that and i was like my blood pressure is through the roof i'm done with this <laughs> oh my god it's so it was naughty so stinky like and he doesn't care obviously like he just looks at you like what and then he wags his tail and so then he's like wafting it everywhere like you're trying to get away from it but his tail is just...
1: (laughs) oh god (laughs) so Coco
2: graphic image but my not so good idea is working out from home it never works out for me I don't like it it doesn't work out for me either and I'm not disciplined enough to do like I'll just get annoyed and I'll just give up whereas at the gym I'm like other people are watching (laughs) yeah
1: Well, at least you did a little bit,
2: like even a little is something. Yeah, I'm trying, but mm, stinky doggies. (laughs) It's really good, though, that you. Yeah,
1: I need to get working out again. Haven't been. It's hard.
2: I just started, so don't feel bad. (laughs) I just feel like there's too much on my plate to do that right now. It is. It's hard. Like, I'm I'm forced to do it now because we're going on vacation. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's a bad good motivator. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad to say, though. Like, I should want to do it without having, like, a reason, you know. I mean, everyone has a reason, but nothing really motivates me more than getting into a bikini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <No. laughs>
1: Um, my good idea is, well, I feel like I have so many good ideas and not that many not so good ideas lately. Well, that's (laughs) good. (laughs) But over the weekend, we went camping again. Oh, I saw that. How (laughs) was it? It was fun. We found like a really good spot this time Mm -hmm. and it was nice weather and we found a waterfall and we like got in it and it's so cool yeah it was really cool but cold it was freezing the weather's changing so it's starting to get colder no i'm sad you know it's a little bit of a bummer summer is ending up here (laughs) Uh, our
2: summer like just started and it's already over i was just gonna say it was I feel like yours just started and everyone here is like, I can't wait for it to be over. I'm like, no, (laughs) I love summer. I do too. I
1: just don't want another really long winter.
2: Yeah, you guys had a really long winter. I remember it was like 80 here and you're like, are you kidding me? It's snowing outside. I was like, oh. I know. And I feel like we're almost, I don't know. I hope
1: it doesn't snow, but it just seems like right now it's foggy and rainy and it's going to mm. be that way
2: all week. It's foggy and rainy here too. It's like a little brisk. But I mean it was like 70 all day. It's not like cold, but it's not 90. Yeah, it's it's about 70 here too. So. Yeah. For once we have
1: the same weather.
2: <laughs> I know that's weird. I'm like, "Really? The same weather over there?" <laughs> yeah. I think you guys should go to like Cancun in the winter. Like you and Eric and Willow. That does sound really nice. Like have like a summer winter vacation. <laughs> yeah. I'm like we went on a bunch of vacations.
1: Uh the last like small vacations. Mm-hmm. And they add up and that takes like all your time. Yeah. And I just Ooh wee! I need a vacation from the family vacations. So
2: <laughs> a vacation from the vacations. Yeah, it is a lot. Like the the small trips are really like tired. Like those get me so tired, and I feel less rested than I would if I would just stay home. I know. And then you have so much fun, but you're just like you're tired. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, We're both, like, introverted, so we gain energy from staying home. Other people gain energy from, like, going out. <laughs> That's very true. Mm-hmm. I don't get that lifestyle. <laughs> I don't either. My brother, yeah. George, is like that, He can go out and, like, oh, oh, talk to everybody. And, like, he's, like, pumped. Like, he feels, like, well-rested. And I'm, like, I do that, and I'm out for a month. I'm, like, oh. <gasps> Oh, okay. That was a lot of talking. Oh, heck. Yeah. The days when I – like,
1: I have a day coming up, and I already know I have to, like, mentally prepare myself because I have to see, like, four subs on Mm. site. Mm. And then I have a client meeting for a different project after, and we're going Mm. to, (laughs) to see a bunch of vendors. So I'm like, oh, no, that's a lot of people for me. That's yeah, <laughs> I need to mentally don't talk to anyone
2: for the rest of the week and then I'll be good. It's a lot. We yeah, we had a meeting yesterday morning and I was already so tired because I couldn't sleep well the night before. And it was like early. It was at, not early, but it was like at 10 and it was like two architects came in, a GC came in and the two clients came in and I was I was like I already lost energy before this even started (laughs) and it was like an only an hour long and I was like winded like I went back to my desk and I was literally like (sighs) that's how I am (laughs) you just can't do it it's too much it's a lot like because you're we're both like very like attentive like when we are talking to people like i feel like we're like really like trying to feel their energy like we're doing so much more than just talking to you like oh, we're yeah. really trying to like fill you out like every right. we got all the emotions going at the end we're literally like follow
1: <laughs> <over. laughs> that happens to me even when it's like i'm not talking and i'm just listening
2: mm-hmm
1: I feel like I'm, I, all my energy is just gone. Like I can't even respond because I was listening so hard to what you're
2: saying. Like dissecting every word, every breath you take, like the amount of eye contact you used. With Like me. if I, I don't want to
1: respond in this insulting way, like the most intellectual way I possibly can, you know, <laughs> thinking through everything.
2: Or even like when I do presentations, I feel like I don't breathe, so I'm literally like on one breath, like and then I'm like and seriously, you know, you've been by me when I have to.
1: I honestly like this sounds crazy, but I've started to love. No, I have always kind of loved since college i've loved presenting
2: that's crazy to
1: me i hate it (laughs) i get like in this mode where i'm like i know what i'm talking about so you better listen up (laughs)
2: listen up you little
1: turds (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just gotta exude the confidence
2: that's good though that's a really really good trait to have that's why if we ever go into business you're the talker Storyteller, I'm the story, <laughs> I'm like the commentary in the background, Just <sighs> making noise, and you're like, "Lenny, oh, shut up! <laughs> okay. No, listen.
1: Up. Uh, well, okay. we have a very fun guest coming on today um, a ceramic artist who is based out of Long Beach, California she's known for her very sculptural pieces that take on the checkerboard pattern Mm -hmm. um i feel like you must have seen her on instagram she's very cool very active on there and she kind of gives us some background into her story and where she got started so
2: definitely please welcome Brittany mojo Okay, so do you want to tell us where exactly you're located, or tell everybody?
0: Sure. So it's a little complicated. Um, this question's always really hard for me to answer. Uh, I, I guess I live. I split my time with that between um, Long Beach, California, which is in LA County, mm-hmm. South LA County, um, and San Luis Obispo. Um, technically, it's Los Osos, which is kind of like a central coast beach town. So during I am I'm a professor. So during the semester, semesters, the academic year, I'm kind of up in the Central Coast of California. And then during breaks, I am down in Los Angeles. Um, my husband is down here. So it's, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like a complicated dance. that But he's also an educator, you know, he, he teaches at Cal State Long Beach. So it's like, we both have time off together, it, we make it work.
1: Sure. right yeah oh, that's oh, cool that's nice that's different
0: very different I don't know if I would I think a lot of people like to think that it's like nice and cool but it's really hard to like maintain a routine and like yeah cause I'm constantly sort of bouncing and just for reference uh San Luis Obispo is about 300 miles north of Long Beach, uh, okay. split between here and um, the central coast of California where I like run a ceramics program um, as a professor. So depending on what time of year you catch me, <laughs> it's like where I say I live. So, Right now I'm in Long Beach, but as of Saturday of this week, I'll be moving back up to um, San Luis Obispo. So.
2: Oh man, that sounds stressful. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: stressful, it's, yeah.
2: Never stop moving. <laughs> so did, not. You, did you go to school in California?
0: <laughs> I did. I got my um, bachelor's from Cal State Long Beach in ceramics. Mm-hmm. Uh, graduated from Cal State Long Beach in 2013. Took me like five and a half years to graduate from undergrad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I wanted to be in the arts in some sort of fashion, Um, but Cal State Long Beach really for me was like, I was just like, I'm just gonna go to this place. Right. (laughs) It wasn't like a, um, I wanna go to this school type of um, endeavor. It was really just like, I need to get out of New Jersey. Um, Which kind of on a whim and um, found the ceramics program also on a whim. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they like forced you to take a ceramics class and i completely fell in love um with the material and sort of like the community like uh, on a bigger level um it yeah it, it was like everybody was there kind of doing the same things um you know working late into this into the night and cooking food together and Um, going to shows together like art shows and that really wasn't happening at that point at least um, on campus in any other department so I was like I feel like I kind of need to be even if I didn't drive with ceramics so much at least in the beginning like I felt like there was sort of like this magic sort of in (laughs) the air there and um, so I stayed um, and sort of fought against the, the clay environment for a long time, um, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I I don't know if it was just sort of like an insecurity thing, like clay wasn't very cool when I was in school, when I was an undergrad, like it, it was still very much like a part of sort of craft.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it wasn't as prolific in sort of like the fine art scene as it is now. Um, so I really kind of made it a concerned effort to like separate myself from like being like a potter or like mm-hmm. a you know a traditional sort of ceramicist. Um so I use a lot of different materials and the program was really great in allowing me to do that. Um and then I got into graduate school at UCLA and I went to UCLA for 3 years. Um when I think about UCLA it was, it was probably like the hardest years of my life. Um it yeah both like academically but also uh, personally, you know my father passed away in my second year, my second semester, I should say of grad school. oh wow um, so it was like a really kind of intense experience, not to mention I was like 23 mm-hmm. and like all of my peers were like 30, 35 like you know some of them are like married with kids like it was. I felt very out of my league, um, for lack of a better word, when I was there. And also Clay, again, was still not sort of like, I don't know how attached or how much you guys are sort of in the know of like sort of the Clay world right now. But, you know, when I was in school, every major, fine art gallery, you know, didn't have a ceramic artist, you know, there were, there were galleries that were dedicated to ceramic arts, you know, mm-hmm. but there weren't, it wasn't considered like a medium, like painting or even photography, even at that point, like it was very much like sidelines, um, almost sort of like how weaving and, and like kind of textile work is now, um, it started with sort of kind of becoming a part of the, everyday sort of lexicon of contemporary art. But um yes, yeah, so like when I was in grad, like people were just like mm, "pot," you know, like people <laughs> just didn't take it seriously. Like they just really thought of it as a craft medium. And I think a lot of that had to do with sort of like an age difference, you know, um, again, like kind of being like the youngest, literally like the youngest person in the program um, and not really knowing like how to defend myself at all or. Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was really
1: traumatic. Oh my
2: gosh. (sighs) It sounds similar to, I feel like to, I mean, that one sounds pretty rough, but I feel like a lot of times people don't take uh, art and design very seriously. And I know when I said I wanted to go to an art and design school, everyone was like, "Mm." yeah, (laughs) okay, good luck with that. It's even harder
0: though. Like, it's not only that like, not, like your
2: parents aren't
0: taking it seriously it's also like everybody in school that you're with in art school isn't taking it seriously mm-hmm. like I was really super super supported in undergrad um, like my fact like the, like my faculty mentors um, and my peers and all of them you know I maintain contact with and still am in contact with today and yeah um, they allowed they, they kind of like gave me permission, you know, whereas like the folks in grad school were just like you know they're all like ideas based you know yeah. like super hyper conceptual work, you know Andrea Frazier and Mary Kelly and um you know Hirsch Perlman and and all these folks that like talk about art mm-hmm. um, as their practice versus like making things like they they weren't really like makers, you know mm-hmm. Um, which is totally valid and something that I really admire because of my experience at UCLA, but it's just like a different mode of making, you know. Yeah. Um, and they kind of like came from this sort of postmodern idealism of like ideas are are the are the medium, where like the object is kind of secondary. Whereas like I was approaching everything everything, excuse me, as like the object first, so it was. I don't know. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent
2: right now, but yeah. <laughs> that's okay. okay that's okay. what this is for. Yeah, people love <laughs>
1: to hear it. So when do you think, when did that like aha moment where you stopped kind of fighting it and started working with the clay and um, became more passionate, I guess, about it? And...
0: Oh, man, that's a good question. So I think that um, in terms of like, my aesthetics, Mm -hmm. right? Like my visual voice, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I didn't quite understand my voice in terms of um, what kept me in the studio, you know? And um, I think through working, just through working, um, you know, in the studio, I I started to understand what it was that kept me showing up every day. Right. Um, And it wasn't this sort of abstracted idea about clay. It was like the clay itself. (laughs) Um, It wasn't like this big grand idea of like how clay can be sort of conceptualized or something like that, which I think is sort of where I started with it maybe. Um, But it was really like, how do I, how do I get into like a flow state? How do I, Show up every day for my practice, mm-hmm. um, and that's really like where my work sort of grew from. And that that took years after grad school to sort of really recognize and understand, um, because in grad school, there's absolutely no way that you're you're nurturing yourself. You know, it's just not that kind of. At least UCLA was was very much a a stripping down of so it's like death of the ego, you know, it's like you're on a trip like the whole time you're there. (laughs) Um, And then it's like, after that was done, I like, it was actually kind of great because I was able to sort of build myself back up with like these building blocks that were actually mine, you know, that were like really what kept me, you know, again, like in the studio. And I think if I'm being honest uh, about my own practice. Like what keeps me showing up every single day is is, are kind of like the important points of the work. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, if I'm not like, if I'm not working through something every day, like I'm not as engaged as I need to be in order to make the work kind of go places um, that are uncomfortable, I guess.
2: That makes sense. Like being in a safe headspace in order to produce good work.
0: Well, it's that. And also like you're, you feel safe enough in your practice, confident enough in your practice to like make a left turn, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Whereas like, if you don't show up every day and you just like decide to come in, like, you know, four weeks down the line or something, and you decide to do something totally different, it's like, you, you don't have like, you have to like kind of build that relationship with yourself, like in this, yeah. you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> trust yourself. It's like a trust fall, you know, um, to do that weird off the, you know, like out in left field kind of idea. Yeah. I mean, that's how it is for me. It's, it you know, again, like I'm really speaking from my own experience. I know it's really different for a lot of different people, but for me, it's, um, yeah, how do I trust myself and allow myself to kind of make a mistake and know that, like, it'll, you know, even itself out sort of in the in the long term.
2: I remember just like working late nights on projects and, it'd be like 3am. And I was just sitting there and I was like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? And just seeing all these other people like producing amazing work. And I was just like, why, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this myself? Like, I'd have to like, step outside, everyone was still in the studio and like, sit there for an hour. And like, like you said, it was like an ego death. And I'm just like, why? And then you like snap out of it and you like get in there. You're like, whatever, you know what? Like, I'll just do it. I'll prove to myself and everybody else that I can make it through, but it's, it really messes with your mind.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, I think like 60% of my obstacles in making work are are me, I feel like I have to constantly sort of remind myself that I'm like the, the keeper. does
2: mm-hmm. a typical day in the life look like for you? I know you're traveling a lot back and forth. Um, let's say we caught you on a good day.
0: <laughs> sure. You know, I, sh- I, I do try to maintain a, um, a studio, routine regardless of where I am so I'm fortunate enough that when I'm up and slow I have a little studio up there which is actually connected to my house Mm. um which is just like game changer (laughs) amazing (laughs) I can like cook breakfast and like pop in and you know I, I can like get I feel like a full human being um which is really great um my studio in Long Beach is only about like four blocks away, which is about like a 10 minute walk. Um, So it's not quite as immediate, but it's still pretty close. Um, And I would say that like, you know, I wake up, drink coffee, I do my Wordle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm in like a Wordle group with like my whole family. Um, That has to get done. That's awesome. (laughs) And and, you know, I really don't have like a ton of structure. I either run in the like I always exercise in the morning in some fashion. I either run or do some, you know, I don't know, gym workout thing. <laughs> um I generally try to try to do like a run every day. Um, kind of just keeps my mind sort of clear. And also like it's a it's a mode of fun for me. Like it's a place where I can listen to like crappy music and like kind of get lost sort of within my own body, which um, I really like. And then, yeah, I'm either teaching, like I go to school and I teach, um, or I go to the studio. um, And uh, truthfully, like when I'm teaching it's, I'm very um, engaged and like hands-on with my students and very sort of in the moment. but when I'm in my studio, I kind of try to actually do the opposite where I sort of have to disengage um, to kind of get into a flow state, um, which my work kind of really requires. Like it, it's like my work isn't really like a conversation so much uh, with my body. It's more like a, um, a line from point A to point B. Like I just have to get there um so i you know i listen to audiobooks i mean i probably go through like this summer for example i've probably listened to like on the conservative end like 20 audiobooks throughout
1: this summer. that's good that's great that's,
0: that's like all i do like in the studio um is is listen to media um and some artists will like just with my husband. He's an artist, so it's really funny. He like makes work that's totally different than mine. Um and he like can't listen to anything when he's in the studio. So you know it's 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 just funny like how we all work differently. But for me like I really need something to like quiet my brain. Um otherwise I'm off like tomorrow or next week or like what do I have to do? You know, I like I try really hard to comp- com- to like compartmentalize mm-hmm. my practice, my personal life. I mean, you're women, I'm sure you understand this. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> like I feel like it's like our superpower yes. <laughs> like we're able to do this. Um but yeah, so like if I have like a deadline or something that's approaching, I really like I I lay it all out and like just focus on the task for the day. Mm-hmm. Um and often like I use audiobooks or podcasts or um sometimes music if I'm like you know need a little bit more energy or something I'm not like doing like a sedentary um task to really not focus on what I'm doing right that minute so it's like a means to kind of like keep me centered in the task at hand I
2: guess Mm -hmm. I like that I like listening to podcasts too or yeah audiobooks while I'm working because I something about it, it's like the it's not background noise but it's something you can focus on without getting distracted by because I feel like with music sometimes I'm always like I get annoyed of the song and I have to like skip it so it gets me out of the trance and I'm like
0: mm-hmm.
2: oh. <laughs> yeah
0: cool. or like even with podcasts for me especially now like I I've listened to so many, (laughs) like I've been, you know, actively doing this for 10 years, you know, and started out with like This American Life Mm -hmm. and worked my way through every possible like podcast I can possibly think of. And now it's just like, I'm at like these KCRW sort of snippets or something. And so that's how it is for me. It's like where I have to like go back and like pick something out. So I've kind of moved on to audiobooks and specifically like memoirs, um,
1: mm.
0: which is weird. Cause like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a huge reader. Like I, I love to read fiction, um, but like, I can't listen to fiction. It's it's one of those things like, I just, it, it requires like too much attention. <laughs> like memoirs are like, just like, you can kind of like zone out for a second and like pop back in, you didn't really miss much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's strange, kind of like my studio habits are, are really bizarre and they don't really feel like like who I am outside of the studio, which is just, there's like this weird disconnect between my studio self and like
2: my, my regular self. Would you like consider it like a safe space? Like you feel like no one's gonna bother you in there and you can kind of be your authentic self even though if you don't feel like yourself. <laughs>
0: No, that's, that's a really good point. You know, I've been working at the um, Center for Contemporary Ceramics all summer, which is, um, I would say like, it's a residency program for artists at Cal State Long Beach um, that, you know, artists are invited to work and then they sort of work work alongside students. So like students sort of learn Mm -hmm. alongside you, they help you like load kilns and things like that. And I have to say, like, it's um it's been so distracting in terms of I mean, I it's been a great experience in terms of like meeting artists and all of that. But um like I am definitely like the quintessential sort of like I need to work by myself kind of artist. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't and which is really difficult in ceramics because ceramics is such like a facilities heavy medium and sort of community heavy medium um, that, you know, it it's hard to sort of find those solitary spaces where you can, you know, make work, but I, I kind of made it work, but sort of worked in spaces after school that didn't have kilns,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? So um, I didn't really have to be in sort of like these group environments. Uh, I started working with clays that could withstand the trip from the studio to the kiln um so I like adapted my practice to be able to work this way and um it's really important for me to honor that sort of solitary space Mm -hmm. Um, like even people will come into the studio and I'll just ignore them (laughs) and I'll just like be talking like Chris and I right now kind of share like this 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 space and they'll just like be talking to Chris and I'll just like pretend like I'm like a horse with like blinders on and like, because I can't if I, you know, if I stop working and sometimes I feel like I'm being rude or, but really like this is my time. And um, I think that's something that's really uh, important that I've realized about myself is that like, again, within sort of compartmentalizing sort of pathos, let's call it, like I've been, this is the only time that I can really work, you yeah. know, being in school and stuff. So like when I have these designated, really dedicated times um, to work, I really have to honor those spaces. So yeah, that's
2: good. That's good. Yeah. A lot of people can't do that. <laughs> I and know. I'm me, that's me. I'm that people. If someone mm-hmm. starts talking to me, I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I'll do the same thing. Like I'll not, like, it's not like I'm like, you know, yeah like, no And I'm like I'll just say like hey I'm sorry like I really need to focus on my work right now yeah um,
1: that's so good I of, think it shows like you have your self-respect like you respect your own time and work
0: your time deadlines
1: <laughs> that too <laughs> you
0: know? that's the other thing about it is that like I would love to sit here and talk to like all these artists and not even all these artists just like kind of like the staff you know like mm-hmm. kind of all the other artists are sort of in their own worlds too, but um, you know, I'd love to sit here and, and chat and talk, but at the end of the day, it's like, this is like my time to make work, you know? Yeah. And to kind of um, end cap the day in the life uh, question, you know, I don't like to work late. Um, maybe it's like another one of my sort of particulars, but um, I really hate working sort of past five four five o'clock in my studio at least um because it starts to sort of feel like a uh, like like I'm a machine or something Mm like work oftentimes too like um when I'm patterning or surfacing I I can't see after a long period of time of doing that
2: I was gonna say that was gonna be one of my questions
0: yeah yeah it's it's really real like I I really can't see after a certain I mean I can see I can see like what's in front of me right right like I'm blind but like I can't you know the it's so blurry like everything is so blurry I actually like even have like a hard time like driving home oh wow like uh, it's almost like getting like your eyes dilated if you ever Mm got your eyes dilated at the at the eye doctor it's like yes you see, like everything you can kind of see everything but like when you're trying to focus on something you can't like you can't read your phone you can't so like that happens to me like if I have like a full day of checkering something or, or lining something um you know an eight hour day of doing that I can't look at my like I can't read text messages um so it's it's really hard uh on my physical body um yeah when I do things like that for an entire day. So I don't like to work late. I like to kind of give myself a break and yeah, I wake up sort of early.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you mentioned that though, because that was one of my questions. You know, I was watching the videos of you actually lining all the pots and then filling them in. And I was getting dizzy just like (laughs) watching the video. And I was like, how does she do that? Like hours on end, like sitting with those checkers and not, like, falling over from being dizzy. (laughs)
0: Sometimes it, like, physically makes me sick.
2: I was going to say, yeah. yeah,
0: It does. Um, But, you know, like, I take big breaks, like, from the checkering work. So I'll go through sort of, like, these spurts of making the checkering work uh, and then do something else for, like, a month and then go back and do that. But truthfully... um, I think the checkering is so worth it. Like mm-hmm. in my practice, like it, it's just come to sort of embody so many ideas, and um, I don't, I don't have the right language for it right now. But yeah, it's just it's, it's become such an important part of what I think about. I guess um, when I think about making work that it's um i have to sort of schedule it in <laughs> just yeah. like i to, like schedule in you know class or mm-hmm. podcast interview you know it's like i have to i have to make room for it because it it is it is important and
1: um yeah yeah well off of that do you want to kind of describe your style like where did the checker this idea come from? I've always been
0: interested in the grid, I guess I should start out with. Um, even as an undergrad uh, because we had our own, we called them like spaces. Mm-hmm. So you had your own space. So as like a, a, a BFA major in ceramics, like you had like a place in the building that was yours, like a studio. It was a studio but it was like, you know, a nook inside of like a room, basically.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Um, and you know, I was always really interested in sort of how my nook accumulated like through time. So it was like, wasn't necessarily interested in like the individual thing that I was making, but kind of how it fit into sort of the composition of the rest of the work. So like a part of a whole, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, so like each object that I would make and like, sometimes it would be um, like a toothpick sculpture. So I would make like a toothpick grid that would be like the size of like a mattress, right? You know, it'd be like four cubes tall by like 50 cubes long or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Just made out of like toothpicks and hot glue. So it was oh like- Oh my gosh. Grid. I mean, it sounds intense. It's very easy. compared to clay, you know? Making that thing out of clay it was like, no way. But, um, you know, it was like sort of like this- you know, one thing gets added to the next, gets added to the next. And it wasn't this like overly worked, um, you know, it was, it was a pretty like one, two step done kind of situation. It wasn't like, first I'm gonna build it, then I'm gonna research this glaze, then I'm gonna apply this glaze, and I'm gonna sand back this thing, and then I'm gonna, you know, refire it to this. And at, you know, I wasn't really interested in sort of like the procedural sort of nature of ceramics. I was really interested in sort of like the immediacy of the material. Um, I started to sort of find that parallel within clay and ceramics um, and decided just for, I think maybe it initially started as like just a simplification of my practice, um, you know, clay, you know, let's just, let's just focus on clay right now. I don't need to do paper and, you know, types, and I don't need to, Dip my foot in every single thing that I like. Find interesting, you know. I can just sort of focus on this one material and and run with it. And I think part of that was because I just didn't really have the luxury of being in the studio all the time. You know, I was working for other artists and I was adjuncting, and um, you know, I wasn't showing up every day like I was in graduate school and undergrad to a studio that. My only job there was to make things, you know. <laughs> um, it was my, my circumstances have very much changed where I had to kind of do other things. Um, and I think like narrowing my field of vision to clay uh, allowed me to sort of make that time in the studio be um, saturated in a way that it wasn't before. It's but like the, the, the gist of it, or the sort of elevator pitch of it, is that I'm really interested in sort of the accumulation
1: mm-hmm.
0: of action, right? Like how one how one you know act can kind of lead into something. So you know, like right. I mentioned sort of earlier, I'm a runner. So like how one foot in front of the other can lead to like a marathon, right? right? Um, or, you know, how, uh, you know, one brick by brick can sort of build a house, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, those kind of, so I was, I think maybe subconsciously, I was sort of interested in processes that allowed me to sort of do a brick or two at a time, you know, in the studio, and uh, be able to kind of go back to real life and, you know, work and then come back and, you know, sort of flip flop between sort of these two different spaces, like, uh, mental spaces. Um, and I think that sort of formed my, um, general, I don't know, framework for how I make work now, um, because I, you know, now that I am making pots, um, you know, just using clay, uh, it's a, it's a once fired process. It's not, I don't bisque things. It's, it's not a heavily worked over situation. No, it's just a coil added to a coil. You know, it's a thumbprint smushed into a thumbprint. <laughs> it's a line on top of a line. You know, it's a, it's a checker next to a checker. So it's like these very simple actions that, you know, um, the the end object is is sort of the the marathon. You know, okay. of the of the action. And so like, I'm not so concerned with the thing that I'm making, I'm more concerned with sort of the action in its making. And um, I think that's often confusing for a lot of ceramic people, Mm -hmm. Um, specifically like ceramicists that make pots because um, often, you know, potters have like a very clear idea as to what they're doing and like sort of the process is a means to an end right or kind of the other way around like my process is sort of the the end <laughs> like the the object at the end is is sort of like just you know um it's like the meal right it's like cooking is like the thing i'm interested in
1: the <laughs> process is what you're interested in yeah. yes <laughs>
0: now more and more I, I sort of recognize the power of that imagery or like that accumulation of of pattern on sort of the wonkiness of my forms that really like make them sort of magical like they, they sort of like hold this energy in a way um, mm-hmm. that uh, I'm interested in you know as an object.
1: You know, that's good. <laughs> I feel like the, that's a
2: very thought-out answer well put yes so what do you have anything big coming up are you doing any shows um tell us all the juicy details
0: um so like one of the I think um you know one thing I think about a lot as a teacher uh, or as a professor is that you know oftentimes like um, family or folks sort of outside of academia will be like, Oh, you have winter off mm-hmm. <laughs> you have the whole summer off. And, right. you know, it's like, it, there's this, um, sort of misconception that, you know, we, uh, just do nothing or something like, uh-huh. you know, summer or something and and as artists like we're constantly working so it's even like worse for those of us that like work like a nine to five and then like go back to their studio for six hours every day and right you know so it's like it's like having like two full-time jobs anyway as a caveat to that question um you know I've been fortunate enough to uh be able to be like really supported I guess like sort of miraculously um in my practice, like through the, the fine art world, which, um, when many people look at my work, they often sort of ascribe it to pottery. Like the, this, word pottery gets, it gets thrown around, which yeah, they're, they're pots. It's pottery, I guess, like on its very like foundational level. Um, but that often sort of denotes a particular kind of practice, you know, mm-hmm. um, like a, like a studio potter type of, you know, make a hundred of the same thing in this mm-hmm. day or something like that, which is, you know, again, like I'm not, it's totally admirable um, to be that type of maker, um, but it's, you know, I, I just feel really fortunate that folks are able to sort of uh, see my work as sort of outside of that, like sort of production mm-hmm. um, way. Cause that's kind of how you know, that's exactly sort of my intention, but right. it's not always, you know, it doesn't always, um, you're not always lucky enough as an artist for like your intention to be seen in the world. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: so, you know, I, I think that uh, I'm lucky in that I, I get that. And I think I'm lucky in, in timing and that ceramics is really being seen in a big way, um, especially it is. Pots. you know, mm-hmm. pots are really being seen, like there, there was just a show at Blum and Poe, like, two weeks or two months ago um, that were just all pots you know and and like 10 even 10 years ago like that that just wouldn't it just wouldn't you know and so like there's a lot of factors I'm saying all this to say that there's a lot of factors at hand here Mm -hmm. um, that have allowed me to sort of continue making the work that I that I make Um, but you know I I that that's to say that um I I really am focused and in serious and continuing sort of pushing pots into the fine art world Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and sort of dancing on that line of of design um which I know you guys are way more um sort of in (laughs) Um, which is I mean again like I'm (laughs) happy to like be in like a design like you know I guess I guess maybe folks of my generation just don't care as much about sort of like the label of fine art or design. Whereas like Mm -hmm. my professors and mentors and things when I was kind of going through school were very much like, you need to decide, is it this lane or this lane, you know? Um, but anyway, um, because of that sort of phenomena, um, I'm I'm lucky enough to have some shows (laughs) that, uh, yeah, that allow me to kind of put pots in and and people talk about them as a first sculpture, you know, I think that's kind of the goal. And um, right now I have, or in September, I have um, a show opening up at the American Museum of Ceramic Art, which is a survey of um, California uh, women artists making things out of clay. I think there's like a hundred and something People um, in the women, I guess, in the show, or women identifying in the show. Um, so that's opening. That that's work that was kind of already made, and you know they sort of, kind of pulled from you know collectors and things like that. Um, so that's opening, I believe, at the end of September, and then I have a show at um, the Bakersfield Museum of Art,
2: which is um, just like a little i mean it's, yeah it's, don't sell yourself short that's awesome
0: <laughs> yeah no, it's a group show it's a group show and um yeah i mean it's it's cool i've never really spent any time in bakersfield so honestly i don't really even know how to but, um it's yeah it's a show i think it's all women too there's like a lot of like all women stuff happening right now um love it yeah which is great but also like <laughs> <laughs> this is a
1: show <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean yeah um, anyway. um,
0: so I'm in that and then uh, I have a solo expi- exhibition at Mindy Solomon Gallery in Miami in Ooh. January so that's like a big one um, that I'm really looking forward to she shows um, a lot of like my sort of ceramic. so it's kind of that that show for me is kind of a uh, bookmark, I would say in my career. Awesome, Um, and hopefully it all goes well. I don't know, but (laughs) to be seen. But yeah, so that's kind of on the radar for me right
1: now. Wow, sounds like a lot. Honestly, that's amazing. (laughs) Busy,
0: a lot, and you know, as I as I think about it too, um, it's not it's not just that, right? Like, mm-hmm. as just, like I'm making it's like commission work uh, that I work through, and you know, it's all good things, right? But it's a lot of it's a lot of work. It's a lot of you know physically making things, um, and I am super grateful for it. But also, it's hard, you know, when you're also teaching full time and trying to kind of give as much as you can to the next generation of makers, you know. <laughs> so it's like it's sort of like this. I feel like I wear like all these different hats all the time. Um
1: I feel that way all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thousand hats.
0: Yeah, it's hard to like oscillate between the two. Um So, but thankful nonetheless.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, if people want to find you, find your work, purchase it where should they go
0: so uh I I don't have like a shop or anything like that all my work um either just through my studio um like through commission work which you can find me at my website britneymojo.com um or um I sell through various galleries that have like a sort of you know, inventory for lack of a better word. Um, and right now, I have a bunch of work at Craig Kroll Gallery in Santa Monica, California. I, I think um, something else to kind of um, recognize maybe about my work is that it's it's a very large scale, which is really hard to um, see on Instagram or you know on your phone. You know, the smallest thing that I make will be like the size of like a large jack o' lantern or
2: something. Oh wow.
0: Yeah, so I don't, I don't make like very tiny, I think oftentimes folks are like, hey, I want something for like my daughter's birthday or something. Right. So I don't, I don't make like tiny cups or, or usually, like I'll, you know, I, unless I it's a commission or something. Um, so that's something to keep in mind is that the, the work is sort of of sculptural scale. Um,
2: awesome. Wow, that's great. Do you have a not so good idea you want to share with us? Slash good idea. No good idea.
0: I, fi- I should have figured this question. <laughs> <laughs>
2: not
0: so good idea. Well, yeah, maybe.
2: You. <laughs> we, we don't have to put you on the spot if you don't want to. It's okay. I
0: was thinking about this earlier, um, I think. And maybe this is sort of just like a philosophy or something um, that I am uh, lucky to live by. But, you know, I think often we think about art making um, and even design spaces as sort of like a, um, a luxury mm-hmm. right? A privilege. And of course it is a privilege to be able to have the time to make work, um, definitely. But I think that um, when we start to think about sort of like the health of our society and and the health of our minds and um, especially currently, I think if we start to reframe sort of the way that we think about art as having sort of this other place in in our society as being kind of a a place where people are given um, identity or, purpose um i think we can start to actually um you know respect and, and merit artwork and, and making and design in, in ways that it isn't right now in our society and in ways that it's maybe um more considered in even like eastern cultures or um you know canada right <laughs> like um that there's like these sort of uh ways for, for artists to to live and thrive and like there's these social systems sort of in place mm-hmm. um and when we start to think about like art making as a privilege we kind of deny that sort of way of thinking is it like not being sort of like this basic human sort of exp- like form of expression and when I um as, as speaking from like a as a teacher I guess my um, my biggest concern is that, like I just see so many folks that are just like lost right like they they want to go and go into sales or um which is you know the world needs salesmen right <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be like pretentious in any way i'm just it, it for me, like art has allowed me to fill time mm-hmm. in, in a meaningful way, and um I think maybe my not so good idea would be to encourage folks that maybe just have a slight ig- inkling um, into into other ways of thinking, especially in like the TikTok, Instagram sort of world that we live in now. That maybe now is a good time to just do it because you know I see so many people that are just so lost,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think that I would be the same. If it weren't for my own practice, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would that would be kind of my my big caveat uh, is you know only do it if <laughs> you want to do it, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, you know that that's something that you want to do, but like I think that the that the world should have more of a safety net for artists and writers and musicians, mm-hmm. you know to be able to kind of fail, you know, have a safe space to fail, um, that, yeah, because I, I I just really think it would bring so much more to the world
1: than, you know. Right. (laughs) That's
2: (laughs) fair. Yeah.
1: You really have to commit to be, to do this, you know,
0: so. I can't be lukewarm about it.
2: No. (laughs) survival of the fittest out here (laughs) yeah seriously (laughs) it
0: shouldn't be that way you know it really shouldn't be that way you know I feel like art has has kind of become this thing where it's like well you're creative you know how to draw you know how to do this and I'm not when Mm -hmm. the reality situation is it's like everybody is creative right either have the tools to tap into that or you don't right um, or to tap into that or you don't and so I think if we stop thinking about art making as a privilege and more as like a right, mm-hmm. um, you know, this like society and would just be healthier. I think everybody would just be healthier.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think it would help with a lot of things, like not comparing your work to other people's work or your family to other people's family, your body to other people's bodies. Like we, all we do is compare. I think that's the, really the root of the problem and why mm-hmm. a lot of people won't um, pursue Maybe what they have a passion in, because they're comparing themselves to someone who's extremely successful, <laughs>
0: yeah. or or they're just like they're just trying to you know put food on the table, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just a shame, you know, that more folks yeah. can't you know don't have that opportunity. Yeah yeah, that's my not so good
2: idea. That's, my- <laughs> that's a good, not so good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's.
0: I mean, I always tell my students like, you know, don't let your parents tell you you can't make money in arts. It's just not true
2: anymore. Yeah, yeah. Definitely right now. It's not true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously.
1: Well, thank you so much
2: for coming on. Thank you. Doubly have to have you on again. And Good luck with everything that's coming up. Reach out to us anytime you want to just want to chit chat. We're always here. All right. Thank you all. Um, Thank you.
1: We really appreciate all of your support. If you could give us five stars, that would be really helpful. Every download counts. Um, We come out with a new episode almost every Thursday And if you want to see more of our content, follow us on Instagram at not so good ideas. And we'll post some sneak peeks of what's coming next week.
2: Thanks. Bye. Bye.